0: I'm Kate Daniels and here we are beginning week seven of our stay in place order with a great many of us teleworking and making our adjustments. And then we find we're not just dealing with COVID-19. We have allergy season going on and that is just making our life a bit more challenging. So to the rescue, well to the medical professional for knowledge because knowledge is power. We have with us Dr. John Knutsen, a physician with PacMed, to provide some critical insights. Dr. John Knudsen, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning.
1: Well, good morning to you too, Kate. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I am looking forward to important good information for myself, but of course, it's for our listeners uh, as we go through this very interesting time, I will say, but very challenging, very stressful time. And so, as we're going to look at the situation, why don't we begin first, though, with you're giving us a little bit of a background on what you do with PacMed.
1: I'm uh, a physician at uh, PacMed Pacific Medical Centers. I practice allergy and immunology. I treat patients uh, with common allergic uh, diseases, including allergic rhinitis, which is allergies, uh, food allergies, hives, um, and asthma. Asthma has an allergic component in uh, about 80% of children and 50% of uh, adults, so treating allergic inflammation is really important for asthma. Um, Been at PacMed for about three years, and uh, it's been great.
0: So, you're relatively new to the Northwest?
1: Uh, you know, I grew up in downtown. Uh, then uh, trained in various places, and actually practiced in Arizona for a number of years before relocating back here.
0: Ah, okay. And it's been with PacMed that you've been for three years here in our area. That's correct, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Yes. And of course, we do think of this area as being huh, what, like a hotbed for allergies, don't we?
1: Well, it certainly can be for the spring pollen, for the tree pollens. Um, and spring can be in uh, like January, early February with some of the early tree pollinators like alder and birch, um, cedar. Um, and, and then through the remainder of the spring with the other trees And um, this area, that's the most important um, pollen season. The uh, pollen can be quite elevated. It can be very uh, troublesome times. Um, the, uh, summer, uh, tends to have grass pollen and it. it isn't quite as bad. And then the weeds come out in the end of summer and into the fall and they're not quite as bad, but definitely spring can be a big issue here.
0: And in terms of this spring, is it kind of an average one or are we seeing elevated levels of pollen and thus allergies?
1: Oh, this spring has been uh, pretty bad. There has been um, a lot of pollen. There was um, that real dry spell we had in mid-April, and uh, that really brought the pollen out. The the trees had um, a lot of moisture through the winter, and then um, they will release their pollen in the spring. If if it is dry and windy, it really suspends the pollen and, and spreads it around and um, I think we all saw heavy pollen on our cars and our decks, and um, there, there was a significant pollen. I think it's come down somewhat with some of the more recent weather, but if we dry out again, it, it will pop right back up.
0: And so with all of this pollen flying around, and yes, I certainly saw it out on the deck and the patio table and that sort of thing. So, right. oh, And I don't think of myself as suffering from allergies, so therefore what are some of the common symptoms?
1: Well, the most common um, have to do with nasal symptoms with uh, runny nose, uh, sneezing, nasal congestion, uh, post-nasal drip, kind of some drainage going back into your throat and clearing that with a little bit of a cough, watery, itchy eyes, Itchiness of the ear canals drives some people just bananas um, and plugging of the ears. Um, and you can have just generalized paritis itchiness. Um, the skin becomes kind of inflamed if you have eczema when the pollen is up, um, and that can cause uh, a lot of discomfort. Um,
0: and you can have fatigue when the,
1: when the pollen are high and you have a lot of allergic uh, inflammation.
0: And with what you were saying initially about this, it almost sounds like a cold and having congestion with with the runny nose and watery eyes and, and that sort of thing going on.
1: It can be difficult to, to um, determine whether you're having a, a cold, a viral infection, or uh, an allergic response. But there's a few key differences, uh, typically with... Um, in a minor cold, you'll you'll have some sort of fever, um, and there isn't the the itchiness involved. I think that's a key differentiator: is itchiness of the eyes, itchiness of the nose, uh, the, the soft palate, the roof of the mouth becomes itchy. The throat is itchy. So sometimes uh, the itchiness will uh, um, allow you to to know you're having allergic issues. Um, and uh, I also think the sneezing is important. What the Onset of a virus, you may have uh, some sneezing when it first starts. But with allergic rhinitis, allergies, there's pretty significant sneezing that that it's persistent and ongoing.
0: So, in terms of these allergies specifically, uh, if it's kind of mild, do you recommend that people take anything for that?
1: Well, yes. I mean, there's kind of three components to treating allergies. Um, uh, the, the number one treatment we recommend is avoidance. And uh, that can be difficult when the pollen is so high, but uh, actually staying indoors is a good thing. And with this recent uh, COVID-19 self-isolation, I've had some patients tell me, even though the, the pollen is quite high, they feel pretty good because they've been spending so much time indoors. Um, It's important to keep the windows and doors closed. And um, if you are going out um, wearing a mask actually helps filter the the, uh, allergen, the pollen. So um, the mask you're wearing for the COVID-19 will protect you from allergens. Also wearing sunglasses or some eye protection can keep your eyes from getting exposed to the allergen. Uh, I don't recommend you're drying laundry outdoors that traps pollen, and then you have exposures, you're bringing that into the house. And I also uh, like to tell my patients that they're out with their pets, their dog on a run, bringing the dog in and wiping him down, brushing him quickly, and getting the pollen off the fur can be helpful. So that's kind of the avoidance measures, which sometimes can be very helpful. Um, The next step is uh, over-the-counter medications and, and saline rinsing. And um, I'd like to have my patients rinse with salt water, uh, kind of clear out irritants and allergens out of the nasal passages and using a neti pot or just a a buffered saline solution can be helpful. And then um, antihistamines, oral antihistamines can can be helpful, Uh, the non-sedating antihistamines over-the-counter are quite good, and and then also nasal steroids, um, corticosteroid spray. Very tiny amount of steroid is sprayed into the nasal passages and um, helps reduce a number of the allergic symptoms. Is probably the most effective medication on the nasal uh, corticosteroid sprays.
0: That's really so comprehensive, like just so great for. Anyone, depending on where you might find yourself on the spectrum. Correct. Yes. Right? Now, the thing I, I feel that is probably the challenge, and as you said, now during this time of COVID-19 and what we're needing to do to protect ourselves, but when you think of those symptoms you just mentioned, let's just kind of recap, what are the symptoms for covid Well, COVID
1: uh, has many similar symptoms, but uh, there are some differences. And one of the biggest differences is fever. And, you know, well over 90% of patients with COVID-19 have a fever that's um, temperature over 100. Um, And um, so that is a key differentiator. And there tends not to be so much uh, upper airway symptoms. It tends to move right into the lungs. So there's a dry cough and and shortness of breath, but there can also be some sore throat and headache. Um, And I've uh, read some people have back pain and chest pain develop as they're having the COVID. Um, Interestingly, uh, some people, as the first symptoms, will have a sense of smell and taste, and uh, that may come before the other symptoms develop. But also then uh, with the fever, there's chills and rigors, which are shaking, uh, muscle shaking with the fever. And uh, and some people will have some GI symptoms, some diarrhea. But I think the key differentiator is, uh, again, the fever is, is really important. And, um, and it tends to involve the lower airways much more than the upper airways.
0: So th- those are really good, important insights. Thinking then of uh, if we are dealing with the allergies, does that make us perhaps more susceptible to 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 the virus, to COVID-19?
1: Well, it's a little bit complicated and, and not truly known at this time. Um, there are definitely some viral illnesses that... Um, can worsen, certainly allergic, or excuse me, asthma, and uh, allergic, the inflammation in in the lungs. Um, uh, Influenza, the flu, and rhinovirus, which is a common cold virus, uh, definitely can trigger asthma exacerbations, asthma attacks, and increase the inflammation in the lungs. Other viruses don't seem to uh, cause that near as much, and um, you know, if having chronic inflammation in the lungs and the airways, one would think that, uh, you know, would have significant issues with COVID. Uh, we don't know that if it, that happens, though. So. And um, with data out of China and New York City, um, mm-hmm. asthma has not made the top 10 of comorbid conditions uh, for uh, causing death. And so that was very, uh, this information is very encouraging for asthma. Um, we don't have all the data, but it doesn't seem to be a significant risk factor for having more severe asthma or certainly or excuse me, more severe COVID or having uh, uh, a longer hospital stay or or more likely to get infected. But the, the data is, is relatively new. So many studies have only been published in the last week or two. And uh, so caution is, is needed. But so far, so good with the asthma.
0: And that is definitely good news, I think, because, again, this area seems to be perhaps a little more predisposed to asthma, I think. Is that so?
1: Well, you know, developing asthma is uh, complicated, and um, there is definitely a genetic component, and I, I'm not sure if this area has more asthma than others, but definitely there's a genetic component that could be playing a role. Um Having certain viral illnesses in a child, respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, tends to uh, make your risk of asthma development increased. And and then environmental exposures. It's interesting that um, something about our Western lifestyle and our current lifestyle has increased allergy and asthma across the world. Uh, people who grow up on in rural areas, there's... Um, Good studies in Europe where rural children growing up on a farm have much less allergic disease and asthma compared to uh, controlled matched uh, cohorts in the city. And it's felt that having exposures, immune exposures to animals and uh, being out of doors and working in the fields is somehow protected, and that spending time indoors has time. Outside exercising less um, exposures to environmental allergens may, in some way, uh, promote allergy. And um, so, it's uh, it's a complex situation to try to figure out who who's at risk and how to prevent asthma. Um, but it is asthma and allergies are, are extremely common.
0: And it'll be interesting to see, and it depends on how all of this will continue to roll out. But now, as we find ourselves not commuting to the degree that we had been, I and I've heard that the air quality is is better. I mean, we yes, we have pollen, the pollen season, but as far as pollution, I think that that has improved. And it'll be interesting to see, don't you think, how that plays out?
1: Oh, oh, yes, and um, pollution can definitely play a role in uh, the development of an allergic response, whether it's allergies or asthma, and there have been studies, I think, in the Los Angeles Basin where uh, children growing up within a a certain distance of a freeway are much more likely to have allergic disease, and um, it's felt that diesel particles in particular promote uh, an allergic uh, inflammation response and, um so it, it, it will be interesting to see, um as pollution levels drop you know, if patients improve, um, uh, but there definitely can be a uh, a response to pollution um, which is not good
0: right, so the thing that concerns us right now then with allergy season overlapping with uh covid 19 and i think you've you've given us really good insights into this so should people have a concern as to whether they're just de- dealing with allergies or covid 19
1: uh, well i mean yeah it's uh, it's interesting because uh again the um is COVID nineteen came to our area right as the uh, allergy season started, and um, so there has been a lot of confusion and anxiety. Um, but you do want to keep your allergic um, your allergies under control, um, if nothing else, just to help uh, with anxiety. So you, you know, if um, you have that under control, and you can afford continue to monitor for other symptoms, um, it's not the best time to to be out and about for uh, a number of reasons, and that may help keep allergies under control. And again, I've mentioned um, wearing a mask for the COVID-19 prevention also helps with the allergy uh, prevention uh, and minimize allergic uh, potential exposures. So, um, you know, I think it's important to keep the allergic disease under control. Uh, We don't, think it's a risk factor, but we don't know for certain. And um, if we can keep our symptoms under control, I think the anxiety about potentially having a bigger problem uh, will be reduced.
0: Oh, yes. That that certainly feels like good common sense. Right. And when you're mentioning wearing the masks, that's such a huge question mark and controversy and and challenge really because of the type of mask and we don't want to be uh, using masks that should really be in the hands of those who are uh, in the, the hospital workers and the emergency personnel so what what is your recommendation for that
1: Oh, you know, I, I've just been recommending uh, a common uh, homemade or, or, or purchased a cloth mask. I don't think it needs to be medical grade or anything. Certainly for pollen and allergens, they they are much larger than viruses, and that would work well for filtering pollens out. Um, and it seems that the COVID-19 coronavirus, um, the exposure matters. So even if the amount of exposure matters. So even if your mask, you're wearing a cloth mask, doesn't 100% prevent uh, the virus uh, exposure. if you can reduce that by 50%, 70%, um, you're much less likely to uh, develop an infection. And the infection you develop may be more mild. It seems like the reason healthcare workers in Italy were having such severe issues was they they had no personal uh, protection equipment and were having massive exposures and that led to really significant disease. Some people with uh, coronavirus infection are fairly mild. It's not clear exactly why but one thought is that they had more of a mild exposure and uh, would therefore have uh, less disease. So any cloth mask uh, would work great for pollen and allergy prevention and would decrease um, the coronavirus exposure uh, to some degree. And I think that would be very helpful.
0: And I think I've, I've heard people saying they double up uh, on masks like those, the, the paper ones that we might find when we go to a clinic, having that then covered by a cloth mask. Does that make any difference, do you think?
1: You know, there's very little data, and I mean the the, the best mask is the N19, which is uh, used in uh, high risk situations in a healthcare facility and needs to be fitted. You know, on that, the standard surgical mask is probably helpful, um, but wearing uh, a mask, a double mask, I'm not sure we have a lot of data about that. Yeah
0: and really we're just living through this so everything is new data and and new experiences and we're we're just trying to figure it out as we go along it seems right
1: oh it, it's just amazing i mean sometimes uh, the information changes by the hour and um with the medical uh, studies being published um there are being um, reviewed and published quite rapidly, and, and every week there's uh, incredible new studies coming from China, from Europe, from the United States, and um, there may be totally different information in the next week, but um, yeah, it, it's really been remarkable how quickly the information is being disseminated, and uh, it's very encouraging.
0: And what about in in your work uh, with uh, allergies, have you had any incidents of someone really testing uh, positive for COVID-19?
1: You know, I have not. Um, I've had plenty of uh, discussions with patients, and um, several have been tested, but I think in my practice, nobody has yet tested positive. Um, We have uh, switched to a lot of virtual visits, and... Uh, bringing very few patients into the clinic at this time, um, and it's been good. I've been um, kind of surprised by the response of the patients to these virtual visits. Um, and they've they've worked out well, much better than I would anticipate. And I think people have been pleased. They don't have to leave the home and can have uh, medical care and a human interaction on their iPhone. And uh, so. Uh, you know, I think that it, it, there's been a rapid transformation in how we're delivering care right now and trying to keep people safe, keeping them at home, and that's worked well. And uh, the virtual visits have been quite uh, quite satisfying.
0: And I had an experience of a virtual visit because my husband was actually the one speaking with a physician, and I was just there to listen, and I was just so Amazed and impressed, and thought that it was more thorough than I thought even a, a visit at uh, right in the office might be. I mean, those are, are certainly effective, but uh, I, I'm, as I say, I was impressed by that.
1: Oh, yes. And, you know, I think it's an intimate um, exposure to your physician who's right there on your screen, who's not uh, being distracted, and uh, it, it has been. Yeah, it's been
0: really pretty good. So, kind of as an aside to that, do you do you feel that this is has a potential to be at least part of how we might move forward and work would be done?
1: Oh, I think so. I think um, this has moved uh, the, the technology has, has moved us, and uh, the uh, uh, coronavirus has moved us along. The technology more rapid than. Uh, than we ever have, and I think there will be some component of, uh, of virtual visits from here on out. Um, it, it, it's kind of to determine how how much that's going to play a role, but I, I think it's worked so well. I I imagine there'll be uh, virtual follow ups at least uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, Certain things, you obviously have to be brought into the office for allergy testing or lung uh, following with asthma. But a lot of routine follow-ups uh, may be able to be done at home, which can convenient for everybody.
0: Yes. And then, you know, just kind of the ripple effect outward of is saving time on, on both sides, but also saving, uh, you know, not having to use our cars to get places. Again, we're going to cut down on that pollution and keep our air cleaner.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, uh, you know, it uh, probably cuts uh, the amount of uh, time and effort down significantly to be able to to, uh, have your visit at home rather than uh, scheduling half an hour counting on traffic to get to your physician's office and back. And uh, and, and so, yeah, it has worked very well
0: really this uh, sounds sounds great, sounds promising, S- so just uh, kind of getting back to uh any of us that are dealing with allergies and how we might have uh concerns health wise if if the allergies well uh, if if it's impacting us and and we can't really judge for each individual, but that individual is asked to go to work, what is your feeling about? whether they should be going out uh, or if there should be some sort of way to um, offer them s- uh, some special consideration to be able to stay home?
1: Well, you know, I, I think anybody who's having significant allergies um, at this time is, should probably try to stay away from work. And um, it should, uh, you know, if you're not sure, you think, hmm, something's come up, am I getting sick, is this an allergic issue – you know, staying home per day, taking uh, avoidance measures and uh, saving lenses, maybe some antihistamines. If you improve, now, then back to work the next day. If you don't improve, um, I'm not sure I would encourage you to go to work until maybe you talk to your primary care uh, provider and and see what they think and uh, should you be more aggressive with allergic treatment or should you perhaps uh, continue to stay home and monitor and, if a future develops, uh, have the COVID testing. But um, you know, I think at this time it, it's uh, it's important to have a lot of um, caution. And uh, you know, we all hear about the uh, asymptomatic spread of COVID or pre-symptomatic, where people may not have much uh, many symptoms, and then they're about to uh, to get sick. And you don't want to be the one who spreads it in your workplace. So. I would be cautious about going to work, and if you respond to allergy medication, that's great. You can head back to work. If not, it's time to discuss it with your provider.
0: And based on the governor's uh, guidelines for us, that is what we should be doing, and employers – might be directed to say it, to that is like you know the governor saying we should stay in place and and use that maybe as our leverage
1: all right yes correct
0: yeah so that will help us well this has been just so immensely informative dr. Knutson I value your work and I'm sure your patients greatly value it. And what PacMed does is really great, too, because you have such a collaborative team, don't you?
1: Always been fantastic. That's the best part about working at PacMed or the people that I, I interact with every day, everyone from the physicians to the nursing staff to the medical assistants to the receptionists. Um, for the most part, everybody's been stellar, and it's been an absolute delight to be able to work there.
0: Well, I have certainly enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate all this information, and I trust it'll be really important insight for our listeners as well. So thank you so greatly for the work that you are doing and for taking time with us this morning.
1: Oh, thank you, Kate, and have a good day.
0: And you as well.